It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. Todd Surprise leading the show, doing what he does best right here at RacingBoys.com. Kirk Elliott, my partner, sitting right across from me. And uh, we have a really good show lined up for you today. As you know that we always have Chase Rodman on, Trenton Berry. But today, we're going to have Pat Sullivan on here in just a little bit. And we're also going to have Blake Hahn on, who picked up the win at 81 Speedway this weekend. So, Kirk, how you been doing? I'm doing good. Watched a lot of racing over the weekend. Put, put your little uh, sock up there a little bit tighter on there. There we go. It it, it always looks like it's just limp it laying keeps there. Falling off. It keeps falling off. Of that. Uh, no. Got a limp sock. A, a limp sock. <laughs> Watched a lot of great, great racing this weekend. Hey. And uh, that, probably the highlight of the weekend for me was the Four Crown Nationals out at Eldora Speedway. Uh, before I want to get into that, I, I, I want to talk about a little bit about our Chiefs yesterday. How about that win, 41-10 to 10 over the Chicago Bears? Uh, Anybody happy with that win? Were you happy with well, that? if you're a Chiefs fan, you're uh, going to be happy with yeah, it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I think it was a, a good game. I'm a little disappointed that they're still targeting our offensive line there, and uh, I did not like to see. Taylor is not very good. Well, he is. He's still doing – he's doing everything. He's not going to change. And here's what's, what it looked like to me. He did the same play every time, and they just waited like six more plays and then called it again. Right. But it seemed to me like every time he's lined up on the defense, on the opponent's side of the field, we're getting more calls, which means that the players are, or the coaches on that side are yelling at the ref, hey, 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 he's lined up off, off, off. And so here's my solution. He, li- he needs to, on the, on the game, you know, we're on Sunday night football. Right. This is what caused the whole thing to begin with, with Chris Collinsworth, right? All right, right. So what we talking did, about him cheating? Yeah. Well, they, yeah. they pointed it out, and him and, and they talked, and they and so here's what we do: you line up. He walks up there the first play of the game. He lines up offsides, points at the referee, and says, "Is this okay?" Right here. And if the referee doesn't do anything, and he, and they call the flag, he'll say, "Man, what do you? Where do you want me to put it? At? Show me right. on the field." You place me. Get me up on the but, line. But have you ever seen how a wide receiver, when they get up on the line, they point to the they point to the ref. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm on the line, buddy. Yeah. I'm not over. That's what he needs to do from now on because they're just calling it because he's hey. every play. So was the biggest star in the stadium yesterday Taylor Swift? How about that? Huh? How about that? It, so I'm it, already tired of hearing about. That. I am. I'm with Kirk uh, on that. Uh, hey, uh, I, I'm not because I I think that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are going to get together. Well, I think they'll be in it for how long? Yeah. Uh, hold on. What did they do last night, Todd? What did they do? So there's a famous restaurant, and I'll have to pull it up. But if you go to EntertainmentTonight.com, there's a big story already because TMZ was here in town, obviously, and mm-hmm. um, they had. So if you there were some people on social media that had had reservations at this restaurant and prior to that any reservation that was made passed when Travis Kelsey and Miss Smith um, decided to Swift decided Swift. to to book the whole top. So what they did was they booked the whole floor of this restaurant at eight the, o'clock. Eight right? o'clock. So all the patrons in there at eight eight o'clock on the dot. The the waitress that the the staff came out with do, with boxes and doggy bags. 
said, you need to pack your stuff up now. We have to get ready for this other party. And they knew that when they and then they gave them vouchers to go to the restaurant three floors down, their sister restaurant. And, and they paid for their meals. And they paid and for their meal and their drinks and everything. And then all these people kind of joked and said, I wonder if this is Taylor Swift. And sure enough, it was, it was the whole Travis Kelsey Swift party. And apparently it lasted till 2 a.m. here in Kansas City. And um, fun time was had by all is all I got to and say. And she picked up the tab, right? I, I, from what I, I, I understand, I, I, she's picked up quite a bit of this. She should. She makes a lot more money than Travis. <laughs> but, you know, Travis is not broke. He's not broke, but he ain't, yeah. he ain't rolling in swift kind. He, she gave. Not the real kind of money that she's no, rolling she, in. She's She could be partial owner of a team like Magic Johnson is. You know, Magic was at the game. Maybe she'll be part owner of the Chiefs. Well, at some time, I think here's what's going to end up happening. You know, Travis, I mean, um, Patrick just signed his new deal, you know, right. Two hundred and ten million dollars for the like next 50 four, million dollars a year. Well, he's getting four years guaranteed. He's a highest paid quarterback. She makes a lot more money than that's Patrick what I was just going to say. So she may end up investing maybe in one of these local, you know, Patrick's wife owns part of a soccer franchise. You know, she's a she owns the, the female soccer team that have you seen the new Oh yeah, no doubt. What a, what a, that is a beautiful what a stadium, man. Stadium. Is that that stadium right by the river? Yeah, right down there that. by the Paseo Bridge. Right by it the other day. Unbelievable location. Let me tell you, if you're right off the highway, right by the bridge, overlooking downtown, man, that's going to be It's amazing. Great. If you're a soccer fan, that's and you know what? That's the one only female designated arena in the United States. There's let, no other one let, that's designated. Let, let me ask you: Do you prefer? the new baseball stadium to be downtown or in clay county if it was mike go ahead kurt i'd just rather have it where it is yeah, leave I, it alone i know you can't use the existing ballpark well the problem is and a lot That's of people my vote the problem a lot of people don't realize is i talked to my dad my dad was a poured a lot of concrete there at yeah. that. a lot of the existing uh, pipes and stuff were poured into the concrete and they're getting they're in, old and they're in there it isn't like they were poured and put on top of them so a lot of this plumbing work is encased in concrete and they can't fix you it. can't get to fix it so we're talking like major i just don't want to see our stadium turn into the a stadium where you have sewage leaking down on the opposing team and yeah. they're like tweeting about it and saying what a dump what a, this place is what a because shithole yeah because the Royal Stadium, it's always been known as a really classy place, a really nice place. And the last time I went out there, it was such a minor league ballpark looking thing with so many advertisements and everything. You know, Mr. K would be rolling over if he's. Uh, so the question that. is downtown or in Clay. Clay County? Give me Clay because I'm old and I don't like to park downtown. You, you know, Clay, <laughs> I, I think there'd be more parking available. In Clay County. Absolutely. Yeah. This would be in North Kansas City, right? right yes. Where the right, right where the North Kansas City Bowling Alley North, was and Finnegan's Hall was. Absolutely. That's where they want to put it. And $2 that, billion dollar price tag. That's a lot of money. It is. Yeah. But right. uh, that For that stadium you're talking about down by the river, what's going to happen when that floods? They get a big flood well, down there. Actually, I, I think they I, showed the floodplain on a couple of those. And from what I saw, I think. They're, they've, they've been pretty clear. The only big, the one we had was the big one, the 90-whatever one. That 93. Was the, and that was the only one that got close to where that is. With the new levees, they haven't had an issue on that side over there. Right. You know, because yeah. it has to cross over on the, the thing. But I'm with Kirk. The first thing I thought was, oh, my gosh, you're putting it that close down there. But Right there on whew. the river. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, the biggest 
story of the weekend <laughs> has got to be Logan Seavey picking yep. up the, the midget, the non-wing, and the silver crown win. Big, big deal because that's only the third time that's happened in the history of the Four Crown Nationals, which was started in 1981. Jack Hewitt won all four races in 1998, swept the USAC divisions plus the but, modified. But they had that he night. run modified that day, right? So too. he's the only one to do all four in one mm-hmm. night. But Logan Seavey did what Jack Hewitt and Kyle Larson did in 2011, win all three of the USAC divisions, yeah. and he was very impressive getting it done the other night. You know, once he got through the uh, midget win which he's been really hot in the midget ranks this year, and he led wire-to-wire in the national sprint car feature, I thought, you know what? He's going to do this because he won his third straight in the Silver Crown race, and he just absolutely dominated that Silver Crown race. So once he got through the sprint car race, I I thought to myself, this this is going to happen tonight, and he's going to make it look easy, and he did. Yeah. How about Zeb Weiss picking up – the four crown win there with the all-stars how about that that was uh, and wrapped up the uh, the owner's championship he'd already wrapped up the tra- the driver's title coming in but the the big deal was the owner's title owner's title because there were sixty thousand dollars on the line between he and clausen marshall racing whether rudine racing or clausen marshall racing would walk away with that and title he, and he manned up and he won the race and that clinched the title for the team he did yeah i thought rico was going to get it done in the uh, wing but he got up into the wall and uh that uh, did him in and opened up the door for zeb wise to go in there and pull that off he's had a great season in that routine number 26 car this year so he definitely deserved the championship and tyler courtney was the first guy to go down and congratulate him after it was all over of course tyler had won the last two championships, and I think those two guys are good buddies, so it's kind of cool to see. And the victory circle, Tyler going down there, Sunshine giving no, uh, Zeb Wise a big heads up. David Gravel had a, a nice little run on him on the last lap there, didn't he? You're talking he? about, uh, that's the Outlaws. The Outlaws on, 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 on Friday, Friday night, night with uh, Rico Abreu right. picked up the win. But Gravel, he made a run at, at Rico right there on the last lap, yeah. didn't he? Now, the Outlaws ran on Friday You know, night. Hey, Kirk, we watch so many races. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to, 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 to keep everything separated. Right. The right. Outlaws ran on Friday night at Eldora Speedway. Then they moved on to Sharon on Saturday night. But Friday night's race, you're right about that. Looked like uh, David Gravel might have had a shot at Rico for the win. But uh, Rico, the first driver to win more than one race in the 410 ranks at Eldora Speedway this year. They had like five different winners in all the 410 races this year. Sam Haperteep was one of them earlier this yeah, year. Yeah. And, of course, Logan Schuart winning the uh, Eldora Million and Donnie Schatz, the Kings Royal. Rico had won a race back at the uh, Let's Race 2 back in May, and then he gets it done on Friday night. But not Saturday night in the All Stars, where he was on his way to victory, but uh, got up into the wall. And that opened up. The hey, Todd. Wise. Todd, it, it isn't it crazy how Kirk can remember dates. It's not, it, 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 nobody does it better than Kirk Elliott remembering yeah. dates and years and whatnot. That's right. His, that's his and days. Yeah, that's his special little. I mean, there's he, some, he's got he's got a little click in his brain yeah. where it all comes together. Now, David Gravel, you talked about him. (laughs) Uh, 
He finished second on Saturday night as well to Brad Sweet, which that's if he's going to try to win a championship, take the title away from Brad Sweet, that uh, second-place finish is not going to get it done because Brad Sweet wins at Sharon Speedway on Saturday night, holds off David Gravel. Gravel running well, but it's not going to be good enough, I'm afraid. Just a handful of races left. Looks like Brad Sweet's on his way to his fifth straight title. Yeah, it looks like it. No doubt about it. What, what were you going to say, Tom? Well, I was going to say, Kirk's got one of those me- memories. Have you ever heard, you know, who Mel- Mary Lou Henner is? She was on the yeah. ta- on the show Taxi and a few other things. So I don't know if people know anything about her, but she has, um, she has um, a thing where she can remember everything that's ever happened to her on the date and the time and in her whole and, and she's one of she's a kirk well, Elliott. kirk's like close like kirk can't pull everything like there's a few dates like when i throw in my date when i got hired right. he has to kind of but but this late but that's who kirk reminds me of like he can pull these dates out kind of like she can but i don't know if anybody like there's an interview with her she can pull out things like she can tell you what kind of clothes she wore what the pants pull were. her picture up there Todd. Yeah, let me pull this up speaking here. of dates todd happy belated birthday yeah. to you yesterday I appreciate right it. yes sir it was my 50th yesterday your birthday. how many people uh, wished you happy birthday i had almost 200 people on my social media isn't that crazy so uh i spent a lot of time this morning clicking the like and and passing back the returns to everybody. We so. gave you an early birthday wish on Saturday. I forgot to do it yesterday, but here's a belated. Well, I appreciate I'm it. I'm doing it twice, but just not on your birthday. Well, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. Now, it was, uh, yeah, like you said, it was 55. I didn't. We didn't do much. I watched football all day long and watched some racing. I watched a little NASCAR racing and and uh, how about that race in Texas? Uh, yeah. Kyle, I've turned back on, and Kyle Busch was backing down pit road at at, 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 speed. at, at great speed, man. He was backing that thing up in reverse, and, and it was crazy how fast he was going. It was so fast. I thought the car had might blow up. Well, I when my I clicked it from the gate, I was clicking back and forth, right? And I swore that my brain, I didn't know what I was seeing because at the same time he was backing, there was another car going by him and facing the other way, and I thought. Who's going the wrong direct? Cause my, <laughs> and holy crap, he floored he, that all the way down and maintained a pretty... He, he had to over-rev that car. You know, Kyle Busch was complaining to uh, his crew chief, uh, Randy or Barnett, that if there's something wrong with the car. <laughs> yeah. right after they come out of the pits, says, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, we'll just let it ride to the, yeah, end he of was the stage. One more stage. And then... He had been up on the high side of the racetrack, and he said in the interview after that that he pulled that car down towards the inside said, I was just going to get the stage. The thing just swapped ends on me. I don't know what happened. He, hey, Kyle wh- Bush said, I don't know what that, happened. Yeah, that poster, I just lost what, it. What happened to Kyle Larson? Man. I, I, because I was, so, I was so locked in on the game that I, I didn't watch well, that any Larson of that. Larson had the dominant race car. He did. And... Uh, J.J. Yaley brought out a yellow flag. He was on his way to bed. If there hadn't been a yellow flag, he would have cruised on to victory, no doubt about it. Uh, but J.J. Yaley brought out the yellow flag with less than 20 laps to go. And the double file restarts. Bubba Wallace was on the outside. Kyle Larson on the inside. And those two guys were really battling hard side by side. And Larson just lost it. They didn't touch him. Yeah, Larson. I don't, you can't blame they didn't get Wallace it, for no. this. Larson just lost it. He, he and just he spun out. up into the wall. Did, did he take the side air off the yeah, car? Yeah, he, he lost air. Mm-hmm. But yeah. here's the thing. he They maintained through, like Kirk said, 
they were double file all the way. You know, he he was running side by side. Bubba never lifted. Larson kind of hung in there, and I thought, well, this is how they're going to run a whole full lap. Well, they got to that last, what was it, turn three? Was that what it was, turn, turn yeah. three? And you get into the groove at Texas Speedway, yeah, right. you're going to lose it. And that's what happened. So on the same day, Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson both lose it, both spinning out their race cars. Who who would have ever thought yeah, that? Yeah, that was a, it was a like you said. Uh, did you watch the pre race with Kyle Busch with his comments about? No, I didn't. He was. He said, "I would not. You would have to pay me to sit in the stands to watch a race here at Texas." He says, "These fans are diehards. It's so hot." He said, "It's so hot. The racing hasn't been that good." The racing is not that good at Texas Motor Speedway. And, I've been there to the the yeah. races there before. They they travel too fast around that racetrack. Well, you remember the year they yeah, had the Indy car. They had they were in the right before the race. They started, were blacking out, and they had to cancel the race. Right, they had guys blacking out in the corners. They had more people there than I thought there'd be. Oh, absolutely! That was so hot yesterday. I could not believe. I can't imagine. How hot was it down there? Well, it the, was over a hundred degrees. Yeah, the aluminum. Like, they have uh, aluminum. The, the, the index was like a hundred and sixteen. They have those aluminum bleachers in some of those places. Holy crap! I can't imagine sitting in there. Big star of the show turned out to be William Byron, who made a move down to the inside on Bubba Wallace to grab the lead and deliver the three hundredth win for Hendrick Motorsports yesterday. So Rick Hendrick was there. He was thinking that Kyle Larson was on his way to victory, but he still walked out of there happy. Yeah, he because he, William Byron he dropped wins his, head. his sixth race of the year. When, hey, you know what I want to talk about? Sprint car racing. Let's do it. How about Oblay Khan? He dominated that race at 81 Speedway, didn't he? The ASCS Sooner region. What did he win by 4.1 seconds? Yeah, he had uh, almost a five-second lead. Right. Jason Martin ends up second in that race. So, yeah, that Blake Hahn hey, did, dominates. Did you notice that he had the mostly motorsports fire suit on? I did notice that. How about that? He had it on to uh, the race I saw him race before that down at uh, Lucas Hole Speedway. I, and I, I believe that that's the first win on that fire suit with that fire suit How about that yeah he's raced the racing boys fire suit to victory though listen he's got one racing boys fire suit that he wins yeah. in a lot and we just bought him a new racing boys fire suit it's all black it's really nice that looks looking cool. it's, I've seen it's it. really good looking yeah so congratulations to blake Hahn yeah for picking up the win been racing a lot of 410 stuff this year and what I really admire about Blake, he wanted to go out there and race against the best of them. Boy, he's done it, too. Yeah. We saw him at, we were out at Eldora Speedway. He was out there that weekend, the million and let, all that. Let me just say this. Knoxville. Let me just say this about Blake Hahn. I think he's going to be a better 410 racer than he is a 360 yeah, racer. Yeah, they'll, they'll get it figured out. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they're doing it. So, uh, he's, I would assume he'll be racing the short track nationals here coming up in a couple of weeks. He's a three-time champion of that. that that's a good question to ask him when we Texas get him on the show. Canada 67 speedway for the first time. So, uh, I, I would, I would assume that he'll be racing in that event. So yeah, we'll see how, he, how does uh, Texarkana 67 compare to the old I-30 speedway? I, I, I have no idea. It's been so long since I've been down there, Kirk. But I'm 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 planning on going to the short track nationals. That that's my plan. Now two big sprint car events this week 
or one big sprint car event, one midget event, the National Open going on at Williams Grove Speedway Friday and Saturday night, $75,000 to win. Saturday night's feature event, Williams Grove Speedway. We'll see how that turns out. Lance DeWeese, the defending winner, is in a different race car this time, driving the Macri-owned number 39M car. He's out of that 69 car he won in a year ago, the Kreitz machine. So uh, we'll see if Lance DeWeese can back it up. He won last Saturday night or Friday night at Williams Grove Speedway in the uh, lead up to the National Open. So we'll be keeping tabs on that event. And for midget racing, this is a big one. The BC39 at the dirt track in Man. Indianapolis Motor Speedway kicks off Wednesday night. Four big nights. We'll talk with Pat Sullivan about that here in just a little bit, but looking forward to that event. All right. We're going to have Pat Sullivan on with us. He's going to be one of the voices of the BC39. And there's, let me just say this about Pat Sullivan. He is one of the great racing historians. Yeah. Would you agree with that, No, no doubt about it. And, of course, he was uh, working with Chet Christner at uh, Eldora Speedway this weekend for yep. the Four Crown Nationals. We'll get his thoughts on that as well. Yeah. How about Brad Sweet picking up the win at Sharon Speedway? Yeah. he's. Uh, I don't see how you're going to take that championship away from no. him at this point. No doubt. Uh, that, that's, that's a big win for Brad Sweet to pull that off at Sharon Speedway. And just a handful of races left now, so... Uh, how, how are they going to be able to wrestle that championship away from Brad Sweet at this point? I don't see it happening. Do you? No. We'll mm -hmm. talk with Chase Rodman about all that coming up later in the show. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, when we come back, Mostly Motorsports is all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Where are they racing this weekend, Kurt? Back at I-35 Speedway. I-35 this weekend. Rained out this weekend, didn't oh, they? They did. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, we'll be back with more. Pat Sullivan joins us next right here on Mostly Motorsports. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod & Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod & Supply is an assortment of Rod & Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod & Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. 
So here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodandSupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. 
It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And, Kirk, you were telling me that this is their season finale up at I-35 this weekend, right? It is. The final race, not for I-35. They've got a few more races in October, but this will be the last one for the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Right. Saturday night, I-35 Speedway. Joining us now on the show is one of the great racing historians of all time. Pat Sullivan joins us now on the show. Pat, how are you doing? Good. Just wrapped up a little lunch with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I was able to pitch in my schedule. <laughs> How about that? What What did you think that uh, uh, Taylor Swift made it to the to the game and watched the game up in the suite with uh, Travis Kelsey's mom? How about that? Well, it was something. I was just more interested that the Chiefs took care of business, and that was out of doubt pretty quickly. So yeah. Uh, after that, it was all window dressing. But, hey, you know, you're Travis Kelsey. It's your world, and others can live it, in it including Taylor Swift. So yeah. that was how, pretty cool. How yeah. big would that be if uh, Taylor Swift showed up at Eldora Speedway some night or at Indianapolis Motor Speedway? That'd be big, wouldn't it? I wouldn't be surprised. I would, you know, she'd be a logical chance or, or person to, <laughs> to sing the anthem at IMS. But yeah. um, at Eldora, that would, be a, that would be a showstopper, yes. How about this, Pat? Logan Seavey picks up the midget, the non-wing, and the silver crown wins at uh, Eldora. What What is your thoughts about him achieving those goals in each one of those classes? Well, it was uh, it was phenomenal, of course. I was there when Jack Hewitt pulled off the four in a row, including a modified. Right. I don't think any of us gave us much chance of Logan uh, winning the um, all-star um, feature, um, you know, a function of not running away a lot, although he has and he's good in it. Um, but, you know, I did think that perhaps uh, he, he in no way, shape, or form came in as any sort of, of pre-race uh, favorite. Uh, we know that. The, the, the sprint car has been the most phenomenal because he's picked up a couple of wins lately. And that whole program was out to sea at one point this year uh, to the degree, if I remember right, it was Eastern Storm. They brought in Kevin Thomas Jr. to kind of help sort things out. I mean, he was mediocre at best in that car. And it's a reminder that no matter how talented you are, you've got to have equipment that can you know, get the job done and be set up properly, et cetera. But it was one of those deals, guys, where, again, to go back to the Hewitt thing, when they lined up for the Silver Crown race, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind he was going to win the race. I mean, there were just none. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was in the zone. Yeah. And, and he's been in the zone. Um, and it was just one of those magical moments. And what, what I really like about that, I first of all, I love that event. But I really love it when a guy like Brian Brown sends out a, a, a tweet about what Logan Seavey did. When people from other disciplines take notice of that accomplishment and can applaud it, uh, which I thought was great. It was a lot of great things that happened there. There was the great moment with Zeb Wise and Sunshine Tyler Courtney after you know Zeb had wrapped up the entrance championship to go with the driver's championship with the All-Stars, and that really – serious and and um, very warm moment between the two of them so it was a sort of a feel-good event but logan is an interesting guy he's been a power ride champion a usag midget champion he's won with arca 
Should have won the very first NASCAR truck race at Eldora, led most of it. But there have been times over the course of his career, to me, where he suddenly sort of disappears, and you wonder what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then he gets hot, and when he's hot, he just reminds you how talented he is. And yeah. to negotiate that razor-thin cushion, as he did, and those four features, phenomenal. Hey, I, I, I've got to say this. I, I felt really bad for Brady Bacon. He was supposed to start up towards the front. He might have been. He might have been a player in that race, if he wouldn't have got the gas in his the methanol no, in his he, eye. No, no, he would have been a player. I mean, yeah. and I I said on the broadcast, and I meant this. I said, if you ask Justin Grant, you know, was he just thrilled to see Brady pull off, and know that he was going to have a chance to 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 pad his point lead at the sprint cars with USAC. I honestly believe Justin would say, no, I want to have a straight fight with Brady Bacon. Yeah. Um, And he had, he had talked to before um, when he won a gas city, what a privilege it was to to race for Brady. And I mean, all of us, you know, you know, to what degree did the problem result in Brady Bacon getting upside down when he qualified? I mean, no doubt. uh, I mean, Brady Bacon doesn't get upside down like that very often. And so, yeah, it was just a heartbreaking situation, uh, really. And um, and then, obviously, I mean, first of all, I mean, Logan Logan basically pulled away. But at one point when Grant was closing, he sort of tagged the wall between one and two. And I think the light bulb went off on, in Justin's head that said, big picture, dude, just, just keep it between the fences here and we're in good shape. Yeah, and that's what he did. That's to take nothing away from Logan. Absolutely nothing at all. Hey, is that Brady okay? What's the latest on Brady Bacon? Yeah, I saw something today. I think he's fine. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm not. I don't have the medical report there, but what I thought we got a text from his wife Ciciana in the booth, um, and what I thought Ciciana implied again. This is not the definitive word. I can't be clearer on that. But what I sort of got from that was is that the treatment, you know, ultimately also may have caused the eye to sort of swell shut. Right, yeah. As well as just getting the methanol in the eye. So, I mean, I think he's going to be fine. I mean, not that everybody wants to go around and get methanol in the eye. That can't be good. Um, But um, the latest I saw is I think he's going to be fine. Hey, uh, two cars flipped in qualifying. Keith Schaefer, he flipped in the semi. Um, what are, what are your thoughts about Mitchell Moles and Brady Bacon flipping in qualifying? If, if that tells you that they're right on the edge of trying to get as much speed out of the cars as they can, right? Well, that's true, and and and, and I, you know, I, I don't try to speak. This isn't even speaking ill of anybody, but. This has been a little bit of an issue with Mitchell because he's he is a not afraid and b fast, and I think he wants to do well. And I think he's stepped over that boundary more times than he would have liked. Now, the great thing about Mitchell Moles, and I'm not being funnier, I'm being really serious. He's really an excellent welder himself. So I know the kid. I know he rolls up the sleeves and gets up there and works with his team to fix those cars, and he feels bad about it. But it was, you know, the, the, you you, you, boy, you boys know this. The technical word today is, the word today is technical. You know, when someone yep. says a racetrack technical, yeah. 
it usually means they'd probably like it different than it is. It, it, um, it usually but, means it's a little rough, doesn't it? It means it's a little rough. Yeah. And in this case, you cannot. I mean, first of all, I think by and large, uh, over two days, given the number of uh, cars that just turned laps and the number of races we have, I think the track held up really remarkably well. And a silver crown car is a little bit like a late model in the sense that they're used to sometimes running on places that get sort of rubbered up and dry slick. So it doesn't produce the same amount of problems for them. But that cushion was razor thin and it was ra- and there was it was over there between particularly right there going into four. That just became the Bermuda Triangle for a couple of people. It- which by the way just tells you Again, it's a credit to Logan C because guess what? He was right up there too the whole time, and he made it work. Right, Pat. The cushion was a little crummy, wasn't it? Up there, right by the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, I you know, you know, I thought one of the most unique things that I listened to over the last year was Kevin Thomas Jr. doing some commentary at the Chili Bowl, and he gave a tutorial on what it's like for a driver to look up in the cockpit and what they are able to see on the racetrack and their assessments about, you know, what's going on with the racetrack. Be much deeper than the average fan, or certainly I have, about what's going on. Now, that was the term that was used at least in one of the interviews. Yeah. And so then I would believe that to be true because that's what that was that was said. Um, but um, for for a whole lot of the race, though, uh, there was also a bottom groove that was pretty good, and Bryant Wiedemann, the Kansan in the midget, uh, really worked that one nicely. I mean, he really had found a really neat line there, and he um, he made himself a force in the midgets. Uh, and there was stuff that could be done on the bottom. It was the middle that was probably the most difficult. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but the racetrack produced did did provide several different lines. Hey hey Pat, let me ask you this: How come a sprint car with a wing on it can bang the wall a little bit, but you can't do that with an, a a non-wing car or a midget? You you well, I think there's, there's two things with there's two things that come to mind, and, and I'm not the most technical person in the world. So, mm-hmm. if any of your listeners are out there that are really mechanics by trade, just tell them not to reach through it or a speaker and grab me by the throat. But I do think there's the downforce with the wing on the sprint car, right? I mean, they're they're glued down a little bit harder now. I can probably cause them to sail a little bit, but I think they're down a little bit. The midget, the problem is, is that they can't get themselves out of trouble the same. Right. And that's why if they get into a cushion where a sprint car driver can sort of just apply the throttle and power out of it, you can't do that with the midget. You're in trouble uh, right there. And I that that's the two things that come to mind for me at least. Yeah. But there is a clear difference there. There's no doubt about it. There's there's a big difference between 375 horsepower and 900 horsepower. And and, and the nine, the 900 horsepower can get you out of trouble a little bit. No, and everybody will tell you that. In fact, it's it's interesting. I've just we just um, we have the USAC Hall of Fame this weekend, and Tracy Hines is going in. And Tracy, uh, you know, really began his career in midgets. And I made the point. This is really true. And I know, I know this is probably something that some of our younger folks don't really understand. But there really was the belief here, at least in the part of the country I live in, 
that ninja racers didn't make good sprint car drivers, that they couldn't make that transition. Um, and, you know, Tracy Hines came and had no trouble making that transition whatsoever. Now and now we see fewer do. Mm-hmm. But that was at least one of the mystiques. Um, and we we have seen situations where uh, a midget racer has gotten in trouble because they've been relying on power that they didn't have. Or and we, you know, or occasionally a, a, a midget driver doesn't really understand much power a sprint car has. But, again, to go back to where we started this conversation, it's still why the, the fact, I know these are professional guys we're talking about, but to go into from a midget, to a sprint car, to a silver crown car, which is bulky, and you know it, it, it you got to finesse it, and to win on all three on one night—that's to me what makes that so remarkable. The other thing Logan CV told me, I did a piece for Speed Sport, asking if anybody was going to try to do the all four, and I don't think Logan's deal was clear yet. But Logan said the other problem was the logistics which is you are running from one car to the other. And he said in 2022, he forgot to eat, and he didn't drink enough. And by the end of the day, he was, next day, he says, I must have slept 24 hours, I was exhausted. And the Silver Crown cars pit up on the hill outside of the racetrack. So literally at one point, it must have been after the midget, I saw Logan Seedy running. I'm not talking about walking fast. I mean running. You know, you've got seats to deal with potentially. You've got logistics. You've got a different group of guys. I mean, it's it's it, it just compounds the uh, amazement about what he did. Hey, uh, just, just uh, let's talk about what Logan Seabe has accomplished this year. He starts out the year at the Chili Bowl getting Kevin Swindell back into victory circle. He wins in two different classes on two completely different types of racetracks on the same day. Wins on the Springfield Mile, drives 45 miles down in Little Macon Speedway and gets in a midget and wins on the same day. And then backs this up with a threesome at the Four Crown Nationals. I mean, that is just unbelievable the year that he has had just those three accomplishments. Kirk, you could be more right. And, and. And the funny thing is, and you guys have lived this as well, I have to remind myself that the Chili Bowl wasn't three years ago. You know, it was, <laughs> it was how we kicked off this year. And um, and I think we might have talked about this before. I, I it's it, That event, uh, the Chili Bowl, let's go back to that. That's an event where I give, um, I give Tanner Thorson a lot of credit because Tanner really could have just tapped him and moved him out of the way, and Tanner did not do that which I thought was highly professional on his part. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line was, you're right, um, Kevin Swindell and Tur- Tim Bertrand, an owner from um, uh, the East Coast, was uh, sort of partners on that deal with Logan. And then you're right, you make history, um, you know, there's nothing that hasn't been done before, but it's not done often. And the guy drives and wins in two different racetracks and two different kinds of cars. And then uh, what he did at, at – um, now, he has had the stranglehold on the midgets all year long. I mean, he's just been he, – he's just literally been unstoppable. Um, and there were several drivers, I think, thought they would buy for the title, and that's not going to happen. And now he goes in the finale for the Silver Crown uh, cars in mid-October at 
IRP with a chance to take the title away from Cody Swanson, and not many people have done that. So yeah. it, it's going to be a year when when he's my age and your guys' age. Uh, on those quiet Sunday afternoons when you're reminiscing, he's going to remember the 2023 season for a long time. Thanks for reminding that I'm old, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, hey, I want to I, 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 I mention – uh, the BC 39, it's coming up. Talk about that a little bit. And, and and what is the magnitude of that event? You know, a lot of people are trying to compare that to the Chili Bowl, but there's 350 cars that try to get into the Chili Bowl. No, and, it's not the Chili Bowl. Yeah. It's not. Um, I mean, because you're not going to have the multi-disciplines represented that you do at the Chili Bowl. The Chili Bowl is still, to me, one of the most miraculous events. I actually spent – a considerable amount of time here about a month ago with them and Han uh, talking about the early days and, you know, how it grew. And I was at the very first one. So, I mean, I, I have a pretty good sense of that. Right. Uh, the mystique, of course, is you're at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. No um, at a place that some people had dreamed of when they were a young open-wheel racer. And this is the way they're going to get there. The fact that Doug Bowles, the president, is such a champion of short track racing, and he's such a great promoter, and he's such a great man. Uh, his dad is the same way. Dad's, dad is. Dad's still with us. And so there's that, uh, the opportunity to put your name, and if you're at the back of the uh, pagoda where they have all the winners from the previous year, their pictures and the event, you're right there. Uh, you're going to be right there with Joseph Newgarden, um, you know, as as a winner at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. A little different this year with the four days split the field up in two, which will make it a little bit more manageable. But, I mean, I just talked to Keith Roush here recently. Keith is a 13-time Rocky Mountain Midget Association champion. And, you know, does, does, does Keith come to Indianapolis thinking he has a realistic shot of winning if you if you peered in his soul, he'd probably tell you not. I mean, he yeah. he knows what he's up against. Um, but does he want to say that he raced at the Davis Motor Speedway? Well, you're darn right, he does. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and it is a good race. I mean, I the, the, my, my one of my fond memories of the inaugural race. I'm in one lift, and a longtime announcer or scorer. Official Jake Croxton from Illinois is doing scoring. He's on another lift. He looks down at me. He had, lift was up a little bit higher, and he says, "This exceeds expectations." And I said, "Boy, does it ever!" Yeah. yeah and no. so we had the memorable Stu pursuit with Kyle Larson, Buddy Kofoid's run last year. It's it's etching into being a crown jewel. The other thing is they left the walls up. Yeah. My understanding is they're going to leave the grandstands up. And this has been Doug Bowles' push to make sure that is a permanent place on the calendar. And he had to convince Roger Pinsky that it was an event worthy of being at the Annapolis Motor Speedway as a, as a, as a premier event because Roger is not going to allow something to be less than Pinsky's standard yep. uh, be a part of that facility. So, yes, it's good. Is it the Chili Bowl? It's not. No. Right. It, 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 is, it is not the Chili Bowl. You know, 
you're such a great racing historian and you know it, it brings memories to me of our good friend Brian Kopinski who passed away a couple oh. of years ago he, he he was one of the brightest minds in midget racing wasn't he uh, oh my head you get me going on this one I mean nobody that I knew that um, um particularly from a media sort of standpoint, nobody loved midget racing more than Brian Kopinski. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, he, he lived for midget racing. He was so proud of Badger as he should have been. Yep. And, um, and I, and I'm proud of Badger. Um, midget racing has taken some twists and turns as it always has. What Quinn McCabe has done to revive the Badger uh, uh, Midget Association, Midget Auto Racing Association, the last several years. Uh, I salute him. I could not salute Quinn McCabe any harder. Here's a guy who was essentially paralyzed in a midget accident. Instead of being bitter and angry, just put all his energy into making midget racing to be as good as it could be. And that's the guy that was true to Brian Kopinski's heart. I love the talk racing history with Brian. If he got some racing memorabilia he liked, he would call me on the phone. And I'll never forget the day he called me and told me that he probably was terminally ill. It was literally a, a, a punch to the gut. I mean, no doubt. It, it, it's a reminder, you know, it's a reminder to appreciate what you got and the time you got and the things that you get to do because there are no guarantees. But, Scott, that's really nice of you to bring him up because he would have loved this event, and he loved giving out that, you know, the midget awards at the Chili Bowl. That meant so much to him. That was all him. He calculated the points. He did all that work, and that was all unselfish. That had nothing to do with elevating Brian Kopinski. That was all about elevating midget racing. What a fine, fine human being. Um, I miss him to this day. No, we, we miss him as well. We've got a plaque up here on our on our fireplace here in our studio that it's in memory of brian kopinski and and and, and we we just loved him to death man he was he was a big component of our live broadcast on our our broadcast and thank you to pool racing for keeping the brian kopinski booth going at the chili right no doubt and just and just it's funny when when I got to do the HBO broadcast of the Chili Bowl and, and Brian had talked to all the producers and one of the producers sort of made I, I I'm not gonna say it was a crack, but he said, you know, this guy Brian Kopinski came to me and he kept saying, Must talk midgets, must talk midgets, must talk midgets. The guy thought it was funny. And I said, I'm telling I said, I'm gonna tell you what Brian's trying to tell you, which is because there's other people here from other disciplines, big names, et cetera, he wants to make sure that this still is remembered as a midget event and that the midget racers get their just due because that's his abiding passion in life. And, um, he, you know, and you're talking about a place that was midget crazy in the 1930s. So yeah. God bless Brian Kopinski and, and you guys as well for keeping that memory alive with him. Well, you know, we did the Chili Bowl for 16 years. Yep. And um, we couldn't be any more proud of the the amount of time that we did the Chili Bowl and 
the amount of time that we did the Lucas Oil ASCS National Sprint Car Tour, we did that for 13 years. We did the right. Chili Bowl for 16 years, and we take great pride in putting all those broadcasts together over the years. And Brian Kabinsky was with was- us on day one. He he was right. he was the first guy we hired. Yes, sir. First person we well, ever hired. Well, you guys were path breaking. I mean, you were doing something. Look, I mean, guys, it's a little bit like it's a little bit like I get the biggest bang out of every time somebody loses their mind because their their stream buffeted. Right. Um, right. Or I talk too much history, or they don't like Chet Christner's jokes, or you know, and they're, they're 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 complaining, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself. I remember just going out to the darn uh, mailbox to get my speed sports so I could figure out who won last week. Yeah, yeah no mean, doubt. Hey, that's the truth. Hey, I I, I, just, I remember waiting for the Hawkeye Racing News yeah. and the National you, Speed Sport to come in every week in the mail. That's how we both. found out who won. That's how we found out you, who won. Yeah. That's how we found out who won. And then you guys did the things you did, which brought that to more people in, in a way that they could – Access what was happening. Access what was happening there. Yeah. And they couldn't be there physically. You guys have every right to be proud of those days. Yep, no doubt about it. Pat, Pat great one. We we can't thank you enough for coming on the show today, man. Uh, I know Anytime. it was a, it was a last minute notice. We'd love you having having you on the show. We'll have you on again in the future. Uh, we'll probably talk to you after the BC thirty nine if you don't mind. Sounds perfect. All Sounds right. Good. Thank you, Pat. Bye bye. Thanks, bye-bye. Pat. There it is. Pat Sullivan, one of the great racing historians of all time. He's so good at what he does. When we come back right here on Mostly Motorsports, all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. This is their final race at I-35 Speedway this weekend. So get up there and check them out. We'll probably have Bob Douglas on this weekend on Track Talk. So get up there and check them out at I-35 Speedway this weekend. More of Mostly Motorsports when we come back. Blake Hahn's going to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that to build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months, and that got really, really expensive, so having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life, and it's the lives of racers everywhere, is the reason we're able to do the work we do.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing up at I-35 this weekend. It will be their final race of the season for the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now on the show is a good friend of the Racing Boys, a longtime friend of the Racing Boys. Blake Hahn joins us now. How are you doing, Blake? Oh, pretty good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing pretty good, man. You kind of stomped on them a little bit the other night. You you won by 4.1 seconds. How about that? Yeah, it was a good night for us. Uh, we had a pretty good pretty good draw, so that always helps. And uh, It was a good night. So we, we always love going to Wichita, so it was, it was fun for us. Not too far from the house. And um, Like I said, we had a pretty good draw for the night, so started on the front row of the heat race and uh, had a good heat race, had a pretty good car for that race, and then um, – got lucky and redrew with the front row for the a feature too so um you know starting the front row definitely helps but yeah it was fun you know one of your biggest wins of your career came at 81 speedway didn't it yeah it's been a few years now but yeah exactly it, the tracks changed a little bit since then but um you know even since then i've really enjoyed going there but yeah we were able to pick up thirteen thousand. um you know it's probably six or so years ago now so um that's a place that we really enjoy going to and after that win, we just uh, we've always kind of gravitated towards towards that place. Yeah. Hey, Blake, how much different does that place race with the wall around it? A lot different. I mean, uh, three and fours uh, doesn't race a whole lot different to me, but uh, one and two has changed a lot. So, um, you know, it's kind of always had that little bump getting into one, but uh, now that they've they've had the wall there, uh, it seems to me like it, it's the bumps even more. So, it's really fun. I think it probably picked up even more speed since they added the wall. Um, but it's got just a unique uh, shape to it. Um, you know, really, you look at it, it doesn't look like both corners are that much different, but they, they really do race a lot different. So it's fun and uh, makes it really unique. Hey, Blake, congratulations on the win the other night. Very impressive. Uh, you decided to go more 410 racing last year and this year. Just your expectations going in and where you see yourself right now at transitioning over to more 410 racing how do, how do you see how everything has gone over the last couple of years um well luckily with this year we've been able to race quite a bit with the 410 and that's helped a ton with our program just uh you know keeping up with speed and um not having to run just once or twice throughout the year so just being able to be consistently in the car has been awesome and um, we've been able to have a few good runs here and there which is really good but uh you know, just like anything, it's up and down. So um, we know we had some really good runs early in the season with the outlaws, and then we kind of struggled through the center center part of the year. And, um, you know, the last few weeks we've been able to travel around and run a little more of uh, 410 stuff, uh, just some uh, local stuff, and enjoy just getting the laps in the car and get better and, you know, just trying to improve myself as a driver and, you know, make, make less mistakes. And being able to run up towards the front of these races is, has been good. And, 
Um, we haven't picked up our first win yet this year, but it's still been nice to be able to be, you know, somewhat competitive and um, be able to be up there battling with guys. But, you know, we've got a, a long way to go. But, you know, as our program continues to grow, I feel like we're heading in the right direction. And no you know, doubt. Been getting the handle of the car helps a lot. So um, we've been getting better and better every time we touch the track. And, you know, you really can't ask for much more than that. Hey, hey, Blake, let me ask you this question. When, when you drive the 410 and when you step back and get into the 360, how difficult is that for you as a driver once you, uh, once you get used to the 410? The transition is not too bad. You know, luckily we've kind of got a pretty good handle on our setup for the 360, so I feel really comfortable once we get back in it. And, um, you know, really just the difference is the speed. I, I kind of find myself um, just, you know, the car bogs a little more off the corner. And it's not that it's slow. It's just a little bit slower than that 410 is. And uh, stuff kind of slows down a little bit. So you're able to drive the car a little harder and more aggressive in times. And, you know, it, it makes it fun being able to run both of them. And, you know, kind of just try to, like I said earlier, just try to make myself better and better as a driver. Yeah. And you've gone up against the very best competition has to offer. Just how, how has that been important to your uh, getting to where you want to be in the 410, racing against really the best sprint car the, drivers anybody has to offer. The very best. Yeah, you know, that's our goal is we want to be as competitive in the 410s as we were in the 360. And, um, you know, this year I feel like we we have good runs, but obviously I feel like I, I feel like our team can do so much better than, than what we've been doing. So I feel like there's room for us to grow. But, um, you know, we've, like I said, we had some good runs and being able to, um, you know, lead laps at the Knoxville National this year on a preliminary night was was really awesome. Uh, you know, we, we didn't finish uh, in the, on the podium, but still it was, it was a good night for us and uh, it was a good confidence booster. But we feel like um, our team's capable of a lot more. So we feel like, um, you know, at the end of this year, we'll regroup and, you know, just try to come out stronger and even better next year. Yeah. Now, Blake, you won a lot of big races in your career. Uh, you were a big-time winner in the 360 ranks, three-time short-track national champion. You won the uh, uh, Jesse Hockett, uh, Daniel McMillan Memorial Race. One time you won some big races, big championships. How important is that, bringing that kind of confidence, transitioning more into 410? Um, it's really good, you know, just being able to go to some of these places that I've had good success at in the 360 and go there in a the 410 is just good for confidence. But, um you know, really, a lot. The stuff's a lot different, and these guys that are racing with World Outlaws are, um, you know, they're on their own level. So to be able to be competing with the guys that are on top of the game with the with the World Outlaws like Sweet and Gravel and Macedo, you know, we've got some got some work to do. I've got a lot of work to do as a driver to improve, and uh, you know, you know, like I said, make less mistakes and just be the best driver I can possibly be. But you know, being able to bounce around this year like we've we've been doing has been awesome and. I think it just helps us to, uh, learn and grow it, and you know, hopefully, at some point, we'll be able to be competing with those guys. Hey, uh, I, I've got to admit that I've been pulling for Matt Covington this year because he's been traveling up and down the road with the with the ASCS National Sprint Car Tour for so many years, and he's always been in the middle of the the battle for the championship. But he's sixty seven points behind Jason Martin right now. But as you know, that that 67 points could be made up real quick, couldn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, for a championship standpoint, uh, a lot can happen in just a few nights. So, um, you know, anything can happen. I'm not sure exactly how many nights we have left, but getting down to the nitty-gritty. So there's a lot of pressure on people, of course. And, um, you know, it, uh, it really comes down to the last race, it seems like, more often than not. So 
Um, a lot of stuff can change, and yeah, you just got to be consistent. So it's been cool to see the battle how it's been going this year, and um, look forward to see how those guys, how it all pans out for those guys. How difficult is it to race for points, Blake? Because you've done this, you've been there, you've done it. How difficult is it as a driver when you're leading the points championship with the ASCS National Sprint Car Tour? How difficult is it mentally to to kind of comprehend what's going on with you in, in the championship chase? Yeah, you know, um, you kind of play some games in your head throughout the year and you know, really at the beginning, you're just uh, trying to be as consistent as possible and just get as, as good as finishes as possible. But when it comes down to the end, um, you know, you're playing the numbers game a little bit, trying to make sure you uh, finish ahead of, ahead of certain people. And, um, you know, you kind of have an idea of how, how the night should pan out. So you're just kind of hoping, um, you know, everything works out in your head. And, um, you know, at that point, you know, at the end of the year, if you're leading points, that typically at that point you uh, are one of the heavier hitters going into the night. So you've got some uh, – good confidence going in but man you gotta gotta play it safe and also get a good point tonight so there might be nights where you're able to uh win a race but you really have to push it to get there and um, sometimes it's just safer to run that second or third and i think that's the difference of being able to win championships and not but um you know anytime you can pick up a win that helps a lot for the championship so um, it's a it's a really fine line of being able to drive as hard as possible and pick up wins or just be as consistent as possible and be there at the end also so um, you know, it's a game you're playing in your head the whole time, just trying to be as uh, consistent and as good as possible, but yet win races. So um, it's really something that's unique. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's just uh, it's on the driver. So um, there's a lot of pressure on, on them from, you know, not only just the teams, but a lot of people involved with the sponsors and partners on board. And, you know, of course, everybody has been racing for so long, and they just they, at this point, everybody just wants to win championships and races. So that means a lot to these guys, I'm sure. So, um it's just uh, really cool, and you just got to keep your head on straight and just honestly just go out there and just do as best possible. Points is not something you have to worry about now. You don't have to stress about that right now. Hey, are you going to be at the short track? You're a three-time short track national champion at I-30, a place you were very good at. Are you going to go down to Texarkana and uh, race the short track nationals this time? Yeah, we are. We're looking forward to it. We, uh, we've always enjoyed going and running the short track nationals, and, you know, we always like going and running at 67 too so being able to have both of them combined into one event will be really cool and we look forward to being able to just go out there and you know just hopefully put our name in the record book again and you know just be as uh, be a good competitor and be on top once the weekend's over i'll be down there at texarkana just so you know you ought to come out and try to get a camping spot and we can hang out yeah, no doubt. Yeah, make sure you get a camping spot this time. Uh, I, I, I need to make sure I got a camping spot for sure. No doubt. All right, Blake, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports, man. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Um, congratulations on the win this weekend. And um, what did that pay you 4000 to win that race? Um, no, I think it, it was just a sooner region. I think it was only 2000, All right. but it was a really, really good weekend for us. We were able to pull our, 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 our spare car down. So it was a good weekend to shake our car down and make sure everything is good to go and, you know, finish out the year pretty strong. So yeah. it was a good time to be able to go shake something down, not too far from home. Anything this weekend? What do you got going on this weekend? Um, I think we might head south and go run uh, ASCS uh, Elite. With, uh, we'll put the 410 in and just uh, see if we can go get that car dialed in a little bit more. Yep. Okay. Cool. Good luck to you this weekend, bud. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Blake. Congratulations. All right. Thank you. 
All right, there you have it. Blake Hahn joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing up at I-35 this weekend. It'll be their final race of the season for the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And just want to talk about the uh, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. They got the Corvette. They're going to be giving away again next year and for 2024. Uh, this one is a great one. It's a, a red Corvette that they're going to be giving away. Uh, Z07 Performance Package Race plus fans, the $25,000 cash. Uh, as to the grand prize winner, that'll be drawn for in August of 2024. Uh, go to winaz06corvette.com. And if you put in fall 20, you get 20% more tickets right now, all going to the Hall of Fame. And also the uh, winasprintcar.com is where you can sign up for the uh, sprint car raffle, triple X chassis with a new Al Parker racing engine. Uh, that will be drawn for in December of 2024. So go to uh, winasprintcar.com or winaz06corvette.com to sign up for those uh, sweepstakes. Uh, for the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. And we also want to thank our good friends up at Liberty RV in Liberty, Missouri, for taking such good care of Kirk and I over the years. They've they've done, Preston and Beverly are the owners of Liberty RV, and they've been taking care of us for over 20 years, haven't they, Kirk? Yeah, they do a great job. The service up there is second to none. And they've gotten us fixed up with a lot of races this year. We wouldn't have been able to attend Eldora Speedway or even Knoxville without the good folks at Liberty RV. So thanks for all of what they do. Kirk, do you want to go to Texarkana? Uh, no. I'll let you make that trip down there. I'm going to watch from back here. Somebody's got to be here in the studio to kind of run things. So that's I what hang around That's here. what Kirk always says somebody's got to be in the studio to run things. Well, uh, you did we have learned a couple. that the hard way, Scott. We had a couple incidents already this year <laughs> where we've lost you if mid-show. I, if, if we'd uh, have I both been out on the road, <laughs> we wouldn't have got on the air at all. 810 yeah, so. would not have been happy with that. So No doubt. No doubt. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Chase Rodman is going to join us here on the show. And uh, he is uh, the World of Outlaw pit reporter for the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series, and he'll be with us next right here on Mostly Motorsports. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I'm in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. 
Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Muscle Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, the final weekend for the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints at I-35 Speedway this weekend. Joining us now on the show is the World of Outlaw pit reporter, Chase Rodman. How you doing, buddy? Uh, doing good, guys. Uh, a little bit of NHL preseason hockey to watch tonight, so that's exciting. But uh, other than that, we're just kind of hanging out here. Hey, who, who's your favorite football team? Football? Uh, I don't really watch football, but back in the day when I did, it was – I obviously lived in California. I was I was a Raiders fan with, you know, back in the day with, like, Rich Gannon, uh, Charles Woodson, Warren Sapp those days. I don't really watch <laughs> football anymore, though. Well, yeah, who's your uh, favorite hey, I, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, in Kansas City – the most hated team in the NFL for the Kansas City Chiefs is the Raiders. Did you know that? I did not know that. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I haven't watched a football game except for the Super Bowl in forever. So you know, I, you, uh, I'm pretty out of the loop when it comes to that well, stuff. All my friends talk about it, but I only really talk when it comes to hockey stuff. So well, who's your favorite hockey team? Who's your hockey team? Well, last year was the first year I actually started watching, like, kind of religiously. I was watching every team just to kind of get a feel for it because I knew this year I was going to go pretty hard on watching it every week. So, right now i got three teams, I think. i got the L.A. Kings, Arizona Coyotes, and then due to proximity and proximity only, the Columbus Blue Jackets because I'm only about an hour away from them. Did you ever play hockey? Oh, I did not, no. I I did not, but I do know how to ice skate. Not very well, but I can get around the rink. And you're, you're a little tall to be. <laughs> you a, had to be a basketball player, did you not? Uh, I attempted it. Yes, I, most of the time I was, you know, riding the riding the bench, as they say. So, but I didn't. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I was kind of like you. I, I I was a pretty good athlete when I was a kid, but when I played basketball, I rode the bench quite a bit. Yeah, I went back in. Uh, like middle school and stuff, I was a big I was a big soccer player. That's my the sport I was the best at. But not wow. anymore. It takes too much running, and I can't run anymore. Yep. Uh, let's. Uh, my my uh, my favorite hockey team, by the way, is the St. Louis Blues, and we finally won a championship about four years ago. That I thought would never happen in my lifetime, but they got it done. Right. Yeah, I, I uh, watched a couple of games from that uh, that series and. It's crazy to me how quickly uh, hockey can change. A lot of those guys that were on that team, I feel like, are gone already. Yeah, they That's are. Crazy to me. <laughs> they didn't have a very good season last year. Hey, let's talk about uh, Rico Abreu picking up the win at Eldora. What what was that like? Rico is so good around that racetrack, isn't he? Yeah, he is, especially when the track is how it was. You know, uh, I, I think at the Kings Royal, that was – not the track at the Kings World that we are accustomed to seeing at Eldora. You know, it was super fast, super heavy, couldn't pass anybody. Uh, but this weekend, they got it figured out. Um, and the track was right back to where we know it can be and where it should be at in a slick, 
very wide, two grooves. Uh, and Rico, uh, you know, put on a clinic on the top of the track, you know. So it was definitely exciting to watch. There's a few times where I saw him, you know, clip the wall uh, off of turn four. And, um, you know, his right rear was, you know, it would look like a, a, a it was like white walled when it came in, you know, for victory lane. So uh, that's what we, you know, love to see at Eldora. So uh, cool to see Rico win. But, you know, Gravel did make it pretty interesting there in that last corner. He, I think he's uh, probably watched that replay a few times and wish he drove it in a little bit deeper, but made it exciting for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And, and Gio kind of put some pressure on Rico there for a little bit as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, I think that if the lap cars weren't on the bottom as much as they were when they were in that long green flag run, I think Gio could have probably taken the lead. It seemed like he was the better car for the first you know, 15 or so laps of that race, but uh, then they had that restart, and he couldn't really, you know, replicate that same speed there for the last part of the race but still a solid run for him he was pretty excited on the podium just to be you know in contention for a win again it seems like it's been a little while for those guys so um and then he was in contention again on uh on saturday so it was a good weekend for that team overall hey let's talk about geo selsey he has elevated himself to be a factor just about every night out what have they been doing over the last few weeks because geo is relevant every night out now yeah, he sure is. You know, uh, he's he's fifth and fifth in points right now. Only ten or eight behind Logan for fourth. Logan Schuart, that is in, in points. So, um, I think that all the experience that Geo had the years prior to coming on the Outlaw Tour obviously helped. Uh, you know, had some wins. Had been with that team for a year or two and and ran a lot of races. So, um, they were kind of used to running a pretty hefty schedule. So they it wasn't like he came in and had only ran the most races in his career at fifty or something. Right? They're used to running. 70 80 races a year so i think that helped them on the way in um the crew chief adam clark he's been very good uh he's worked with some good guys and him and geo seem to have a pretty good relationship so um the last few weeks though i mean they've been right there they're from a point in time it kind of seemed like those they they wouldn't run worse than eighth it was like they were between fourth and eighth almost every night very very consistent um and you know what's kind of weird though is i feel like with you know, we look back to last year and, and Spencer Basin's rookie season, I feel like we can kind of talk about the same things, right? He was very consistent. He was in the hunt for a lot of wins um, and ran decent in points. And then this year, Spencer's kind of fallen off a little bit. But now we see the same thing with Geo. He's very good this year. But next year, will we see him, you know, have that same success? But uh, he's definitely been fun to watch and a great addition, I feel like, to the full-time outlaw field. He seems like he's got a lot of fans. Let me ask you this. How many points can one driver make up in one night with the world of outlaws uh, right now, David Gravel's 80 points back. It, it, is it, is it to the point where Brad sweet is going to win this championship? You think uh, right now, I'd say the odds are definitely, uh, you know, leaning towards him, but I want to say the most you can make up in one night, you get 70, I believe it is for winning. I I'm pretty sure I, I, I might be wrong on that, but, uh, and then it's four points back to second, you know, four, you know, so 66, and then two all the way back through the field. So I want to say the most you can make up is maybe around 30-ish in one night. So I did the math uh, before Eldora. If Gravel would finish in front of Brad by about four spots per night all the way for the rest of the season, he would win the championship by one point. Um, Friday at Eldora, he beat him by seven spots, and then obviously he got beat. Uh, by one position on on uh, Saturday at Sharon, but I do think David has a better history uh, in Pennsylvania on the big tracks than Brad does at, at the Grove and Port Royal. Last year 
at Port Royal. David was the only outlaw on the podium uh, the entire time we were at the, at Port. So um, I don't know. Maybe the next two weeks or so could be a great opportunity for David to to catch up and and make it a battle at Charlotte. Last year is also at this race coming up at the Grove when Brad broke that rear end, and David is around seventy points behind last year, and then that's you know that catalyst kind of you know elevated him to about. 16 or so points behind heading into Charlotte. So I don't think it's over yet by any means, obviously, but right now Brad looks pretty solid. Yep. How frustrated can David Gravel be? He's done everything but win races. He's running up front. Uh, he's got to be frustrated. As well as he's been running, he just can't make up any ground. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's two, well, both races this weekend, he made it, like, very close in the last corner. Even at Sharon Saturday, he was right next to Brad and, Probably was the better car there. Brad just kind of found the rubber right there at the end and uh, was playing it safe. So, uh, but yeah, David's got to be annoyed, you know. Um, it's hard. It, it's got to be tough when, you know, even when he'd win a race and then he'd look back behind him and Brad's right there in second or third. You know, it's hard to make up ground when Brad, yeah. on a bad night, is going to run seventh, you know. So, um, right now, obviously, Brad's been the guy for the last, you know, four and a half years now, and um, it, it doesn't look like he's, slowing down anytime soon which makes it tough for david and, and carson to to contend with you know so uh but i i think that you know when david does win and he beats brad it's going to make it that much sweeter when he gets that championship david gravel has 10 wins brad sweet has nine and uh, out of the top fives david uh david gravel has 40 top fives and 51 top tens and Brad Sweet has 37 top fives and 55 top tens. The top tens is where Brad Sweet makes his hay, right? And fewer bad finishes for Brad Sweet. Right, no doubt. Yeah, and, you know, just the, I would say the DNFs for David is yeah. what's really killed him. You know, he had one at um, at Jackson Motorplex, had a DNF there, and then the very next night he wrecked again, was able to get back out there, but, finish towards the back you know i i keep track of all the times that the drivers go into the into the work area every year or uh, every week right so looking at my thing right now brad's only been in the work area three times all year um, and was able to come back and finish the race and david has been in the work area seven times and i want to say two or three of them he has not been able to finish one of those was at hopstop where he didn't go to the work area but dnf um, so that's where Brad seems to get him every year is the DNFs. Yeah. David always seems to have two or three DNFs, and Brad maybe one all year long. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Brad Sweet winning at Sharon. What was that race like? Oh, uh, that was great. Uh, you know, it's it sucks, honestly, as a fan when, when Brad will draw the one, uh, you know, in the dash, and he starts on the pole of the feature. But, um, you know, it was still a great race. The whole night. To be honest with you guys, I think Sharon is the most underrated track in the country. It's so good all night long. Uh, I think, honestly, Sharon, next time we go there, they should charge uh, a ticket to watch qualifying and then kick everybody out and, and charge them another ticket to watch the race because qualifying is so exciting there every time, right up on the wall. And then all the heat races were great battles. We had some good stories with you know a couple guys making their first ever outlaw feature through the, through the heat race. Um, the, the, the B was good for the transfer spot. Um, and then the feature was good. You know, it was like a three car battle, the whole race between Brad, Gio and David. So great stuff. Um, uh, the track, you know, it did take a little bit of rubber the last five laps or so on the bottom, but before that, man, it was, 
it was so good. Uh, the guys were moving around all over the place, and that's what it takes with these types of cars, man. You got to get it slick. You got to get them slowed down. You know, a couple seconds off of what they're qualifying on. So that's exactly what they did at Sharon, and and it turned out to be, you know, a really good race. I know Brad led all thirty, but if you watch the race, you would know that you know he was pressured almost the whole way. And you always know one thing about Sharon Speedway. When the Blaney's showed up, you know you'll have to deal with them, both Dave and Dale there the other night. Top ten finishes for both. Yeah, and I kind of wish we could have had uh, Dave get into the into the dash. You know, he was relatively close in the heat. I think he was catching up. I can't remember who he ran second to or ran third to, but he was closing in on him. If it was a 12-lap heat, he would have been in the dash. So, um, Dave... Uh, you know, always good when we show up there. He's always, you know, running the bottom when it comes to feature time and has that, you know, goofy-looking car uh, operating pretty well. So uh, that was cool. I didn't even realize Dale actually ran top ten as well until you just said that. So, yeah, good weekend for those guys. And, um, you know, running there all year obviously helps. And they're both uh, they're both uh, very, very uh, good at their craft. You know, they've been doing it for a really long time. So it's actually yeah. no surprise to see them in the top ten, but um, still really cool. Sheldon Hodenshield and Justin Sanders finished ahead of Dave Blaney in heat race number two. Yeah, that's right, because Sanders was running the top uh, in three and four. Everybody else was on the bottom, and Dave was really catching him there, but just ran out of time. So, um, But also, uh, I want to mention a uh, shout-out to uh, Tanner Holmes there. He had a good run after struggling the last few weeks. I think he ran fourth or fifth in the feature, so good run for him. He's, he's missed a couple of shows here recently, but Hopefully that gets some some momentum going before a difficult swing for him. He's never been to Williams Grove, never been to Port, so uh, never really been on big tracks either. So it'd be a tough uh, stretch for him. Yeah. Driving the uh, Shark Racing car, right? It, 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 he started yeah. third and he ended up running fourth. Yeah, and he got by Sheldon there uh, towards the end of the race and was I, I wouldn't count him out. I mean, as far as the battle for the lead, those three guys were there, and, and Tanner was maybe about you know eight or so car lengths behind him. He was watching the whole thing go down, so. Maybe there was a late yellow. The race obviously went green to checker the whole night. We didn't have a single caution, but the feature didn't go, you know, no yellows. So um, I would have liked to see what a yellow would have done to shake it up. But um, either way, it was it was still a great race. And I wish we could have a six-day show at Sharon, to be honest, guys. it's I love going there every time. Great, great show. Tomorrow night, they're racing that high-limits race at Lernerville Speedway. How many full-time outlaw guys and what outlaw full-timers will not be at Lernerville Speedway tomorrow night. Is it the against one that I know? What's that? Is it against their contract to be able to go there and run that high limit race? Well, a couple of them still have you know uh, a race that they're allowed to run before they have that penalty as far as the um, the exclusivity bonus goes for the points championship. Um, so Spencer Basin, I know he is definitely one that is not going to Lernerville. He is going to be at the Tuscarora Fifty. I did hear that uh, this weekend, uh, but I know Gravel, he's going to be at Lernerville, I believe. Um, also is Donnie, I believe. He's got one left. Brad's going to be running there. Uh, Carson will be running there as well. And then I can't remember. I think Sheldon, he's ran all four races, so he can't run anymore. Same with Robbie Price. Shuhart, I think he might be at Lernerville. I'm not sure, uh, but those other guys I was mentioning, those are pretty much confirmed, so... There's going to be it's going to be kind of a little bit of a mix. I think we'll see about four guys or so run at Lernerville, maybe two or three run at, at Port. And then the Tuscarora 50 is uh, October 5th, which is right ahead of the uh, World of Outlaws 
uh, race. Uh, that pays $60,000 to win. And so these guys got some choices to make, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, some of these guys, like I mentioned earlier, you know, last year at Port, the outlaws were non-factors. You know, Gravel was the only one on the podium. The rest of them struggled mightily. Um, and you know it's going to be a tough field at Port. The, the local guys there are really good. Obviously, you're going to have some of the all-stars there as well. So I think the outlaws know that they have a better shot at Lernerville. And we don't get to go to Lernerville anymore, you know. So uh, they know that's a good track. It's going to be racy. Um, so they're going to show up there and, and try and take that 50 grand away. So, um, But I, what I do like is that Tuscarora race getting rescheduled for the outlaw race. Uh, I, I uh, get to watch it. I'm pretty excited to go see a Tuscarora 50. And I think it will lead to a pretty darn good car count for the outlaw weekend there. Yeah, yep. no doubt. Chase, thanks so much for taking the time to join us each and every Monday right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. We can't thank you enough for doing so, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Hey, just, just quickly, who are the favorites at the uh, $75,000 to win National Open this weekend? Um, well, if um, I feel like if Rico shows up right, he's got to be – got to be a pretty good favorite, right? I mean, he won a race there earlier this year and fresh off a win at uh, at Eldora with us and probably was on his way to another one with the All-Stars and then he got into the wall while leading. So he's got momentum on his side. He's got speed. He's got success now at the Grove. So I think he's one of the favorites. Also, I'm interested to see how DeWeese does because him and that 39M car, Macri car, just picked up a win there this weekend. So yeah. uh, they look like they're getting going, and we know Lance can get around the Grove. So uh, kind of those are the two – Interesting ones I'm looking at. And then when it comes to the outlaw guys, um, you know, Donnie's always been good at the Grove. Um, Brad's kind of been figuring it out here recently. And then, you know, David's got a couple of national open titles to his credit as well. So we'll uh, have to wait and see, but it should be a pretty good field. Brad Sweet's only got one win at the Grove, right? I think he's got two now. Oh, he's, he's got two. So. He's got two now. Hey, you know, another yeah, former national open winner is Carson Macedo. Don't count him out. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Chase, yep. thanks so much for taking the time. We appreciate you. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Thanks, yeah. Chase. Right. Good job. There you have it. Chase Rodman, World of Outlaw pit reporter for Dirt Vision. He, he does a fantastic job, man. I, I, he's so studious. Yeah. No, he's studious. And really, he really puts effort into his work. Yep. Yeah, no yep. doubt about he it. Does, uh, he does a fantastic job out there. And, uh, you know, looking forward to, uh, always look forward to watching races at Williams Grove Speedway. Yep, no doubt about it. 61st Annual Championship Racing National Open. Pay 75000 to win. Now, the High Limits race tomorrow night at Lernerville. You can watch that on Flow Racing. And uh, it'll be uh, Dylan Welch and Tony Bachoven. Uh, calling the races with uh, our good friend Chris Wilner doing the pit reporting. Chris is awesome. Yeah. I love Chris Wilner. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com joins us next right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. 
The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt. We can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be running their final race this weekend up at I-35 Speedway up in Winston, Missouri. And uh, joining us now on the show is a longtime friend of the Racing Boys, Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com. Trenton, how you doing, man? I, I, I'm so bummed out that... You only got one night in of the fall jamboree, man. That that was a bummer, wasn't it? Man, it was. We, um, you know, the 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 part that really sucks the most about it was the the place was packed for a Thursday. Um, the car count was up from what it had been over the previous few years, and and the racetrack was just just in awesome shape. Um, it, it had really good heat races and really good feature and. You don't see that. You know, a lot of times you have to give up one or the other in a night of racing. Um, and it was just on the money. Everything was perfect except for the rain. And uh, I left left last Wednesday knowing that there was probably going to be a chance, most likely, that Saturday wasn't going to happen and Sunday didn't look real good. Uh, but thought, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can salvage two days out of this because Friday initially was, was pretty late. The rain was pretty late. It was midnight one, two, you know, depending on where you looked, um, by all accounts. And man, it just kept creeping up earlier in the day as we went through Thursday and the forecast started getting closer. And I think we felt the first raindrops about, about five, five thirty, and it just set in and rained all night up there. So 80, a, 80 race good. cars. That's incredible. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and the modifieds outpaced the B mods for once, and that's that's a that that that's a great uh, trend reversal, I feel like, um, and and spoke pretty highly about the fact that, that people want to race modified, so uh, and and be at that event. So yeah, just man, it sucks. That was uh, that that was that's one of the big ones, and uh, that's that's one of the biggest modified races of the year, I think um the hierarchy of things i mean you're obviously the, the deal in boons is huge and uh the, this this one is too i mean this, this is the biggest usmts race of the entire year so 
Rodney um, Sanders picked up the first night. He's got a 164-point lead over Jason Hughes. Is this championship almost in the bag right now? Well, I, I mean, we're, we're getting ready to go run three days, three, three points races at Jason Hughes, probably his best racetrack. You know, um, it's, it's five minutes from the front door of a shop in, in Siloam Springs. So, um, we're going to run the all American. That's going to pay 20 grand to win here in two weeks on Saturday night. It's going to pay off on Friday night going to pay off on Thursday night. So I'd say, uh, I'd say that, that, uh, anything can happen at this point still. Um, but, but we are, we are headed to Jason's home racetrack for, for three days. So, but then, and five total shows left. So, um, I'd say that next weekend is going to go a long way to, to figuring out where, where we're going to shake out at the end of the year. And Jason Hughes ran him pretty well too. He ran fourth the other night and some of the yeah. racing action, Trenton, I know Rodney Sanders, uh, just dominated that event but the action that was going on all the way through the field was pretty incredible that racetrack prep up there we've said it time and again they're one of the best in the country at prepping a racetrack at deer creek speedway it's one of the best racetracks in the entire country there's there's no question about it i mean it's probably a you know it's probably a top 10 top 15 in america i mean if you really want to sit and be honest about it it's places out of this world and uh you know that that race too. I don't think Rodney would have got out there and gotten away from everybody had Jake Tim broke his distributor on the uh, the first lap, and he was uh, I think he rolled off third after the redraw. And Dustin Sorensen was right there too. Uh, lap car broke and he had nowhere to go. So he kiboshed his right side and ended his night. Um, Tim was so fast in his heat race that uh, he started fourth. Uh, Took the lead one by five point two seconds in eight laps. So um, he was he was unworldly fast and never got a chance to show it in the main. So, but you know he got got to finish those races to be there. And Rodney did it and he was on fire. And he's been really good this year. You know it's uh, it's kind of back to vintage Rodney Sanders. So man, I'm not taking anything away from him. The guy's an absolute machine behind the wheel of the race car. Uh, he's going to have a real good shot if he just takes care of business to, to win this championship. But um, to say that it's all wrapped up, considering where we're headed and who's in second, um, I don't I don't think we're quite done just yet. Hey, Trenton, are you going to be doing the race down at the Short Track Nationals at Texarkana? That uh, one was on a separate contract, so we are not this year. No. Nope. That's always been a separate deal, the Short Track Nationals from the ASCS, has it not? Yeah, it has been. Yeah, yeah it has been for years. Yeah, And that's not changed since, uh, even though it's moved from I-30 to Texarkana. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty, not surprising. Pretty, pretty cool they're paying twenty grand to win, though. That's oh, no cool. doubt yeah. about it, know. man. That, that, what would uh, that pay? Like, what was that paying a Little Rock at the end there? I think it paid 10000 to win. Yeah, it didn't pay this much money, did no, it? No, uh-uh. No. So, anyway, uh, good coverage on all the races this weekend. Uh, just kind of talk about uh, some of the other people that we haven't brought up that uh, that have been really strong this year in the USMTS racing. A uh, couple of guys come to mind up there north, the uh, Chisholm. Are they brothers, Jim oh, yeah. and Joe Chisholm? Yep, they are. They're, uh, they're brothers, and 
they're very, very close. And um, Jim's Jim's ran really good this year in his debut season on the road. Uh, they run he runs a skyrocket car, and those are built by Kelly uh, Schrock and has has been there lot and has has, uh, has has ran really well this year and Joe's ran off and on and uh, Joe runs the Vmont still Joe's still in, in school he's uh gosh 16 17 years old and uh, Jim someone in that that range but um, yeah those, those boys are going to be a force down the road for the, the future of the USMTS for sure uh, the, the Chisholms have been been outstanding um, you know, Tanner Mullins comes to mind this year. He's he's been really strong. You know, winning that twenty five thousand uh, dollar silver anniversary race was was a big deal and uh, uh, important race to win. So uh, he's he's done so well this year. Uh, Ramirez has, has been strong. Jake O'Neill's has, has been right there, been a little hit and miss. And hey, let me up inside of that that top ten's been great. I, I think. Uh, just to kind of put a bow on that, Kirk, I think Tyler Wolf's been one of the fastest cars, and I've said it all year long. He's just had some bad luck here and there, and, and but he's been he's been just crazy fast the entire season. What has been going on with Terry Phillips this year? Uh, built brand new race cars from the ground up. I mean, it's been been his biggest thing. Um, he's introduced this new new car, and um, he's been trying to figure out how to get parts and handle production and customers and um they just announced the introduction of his his b-mod uh program uh, and his house car driver is going to be jc morton for that uh, made that announcement last week and so yeah he's just going from being a dealer to grt to uh, the development of his own race cars and he was gonna have the had the frames the first few frames got built outside of his shop uh, actually up in central missouri and they've just taken the chassis production back in house and have uh, have hired a welder uh, that's going to weld all their frames and figuring out how they're going to handle all that. So that's been that's been probably the biggest thing with them this season. So they're going to reschedule the fall jamboree for next spring. Is that right? What's what's going to happen? April's what they were talking about. Um, they didn't have any sort of dates determined just yet, but probably a Friday Saturday at least. I'd say you had had two days left to to make that thing up so we'll see never never been to deer creek in april before so i bet it'll i bet it'll pack the place out but it's uh you know the one thing that late model and sprint car racing have that modified racing struggles with is the longevity of known events and this was the 25th anniversary for the gm marine so there's nothing else on the schedule that has stood the test of time like this event has and so to lose that one really stings. You know, there's some other really good ones out there. The Masters has been around a long time, um, but it wasn't always with the USMTS. The King of America probably is the the, the next longest one. You know, it, it's had a good long run here. Uh, Ogilvy certainly looks like it's probably poised to, to knock down a whole lot of years, but we don't have just a lot of long-standing, what you'd call just traditional events, year over year over year, where you just know that's where they're going to be, and so that's that's what makes losing that one sting a little bit more too, you know, just because it was it was such a, a big deal. But it'll be it'll be cool to go finish it in April, make the best of the situation. They had no choice; there was nothing. I drove, we drove Saturday night after we got everything packed up, and uh, 
I literally drove in rain from five minutes of the racetrack and it was headed towards the track when we left. I just, I just yeah. beat it getting out of there. We drove from that all the way. I mean, I had one dry spot around Kansas city there for maybe 45 minutes, but other than that, my windshield wipers ran the whole time to, to get home. So Saturday was just a miserable day weatherwise, really, for the entire Midwest. That and, always... and to try to run it on Sunday, that that's out of the question too. Is wet as the grounds were at that point, right? And and that that would have been what you could have thought, you know. If, so you always start to look like, okay, hey, maybe we can maybe roll this thing over to Sunday and do it, and pro- they probably would have. Um, but yeah, it just was. It just got hammered. I mean, it was two straight days of of rain through there. So. Yeah, there's nothing Just you nothing, can do about it. Nothing you can do. I mean, honestly, nothing, nothing that can can happen to change it. So. We've we've been down that road. Nothing uh, you can do about we've it. We've been down that road a time or two ourselves. Trenton, what what do you got going on this weekend on racing <laughs> dirt? At least at least it was a great race that we got to miss. I say that tongue in cheek, you know. Yeah, so. no doubt. <laughs> no. We um. So th- yeah, this weekend. Uh, man, I need to flip the page this weekend i have uh i haven't, haven't even really thought a whole lot about that i know we uh we, we schedule out our staff here um a few weeks out but we've got uh races are starting to dwindle here uh dwindle slow down here just a little bit i'm trying to think right off the top of my head i know i know we have something i don't know i don't even have anything up in front of me here i'll uh i'll pull the website up here i should have should have had that stuff in front of me, but unfortunately, I'm a thunder. Uh, yeah, 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 no. Mississippi Thunder uh, race hey, track Trent, this weekend. Trenton, you should be prepared for this, for this segment. <laughs> the pumpkin, the, <laughs> yeah, I should. The pumpkin races are this weekend. The Mississippi Thunder. There you go. So this has been this is kind of an interesting race here uh, because we lost one of the two days on that. Uh, weather has affected that thing pretty adversely in the past. But a lot of times, this the success of this race comes down to how well the weekly season's gone at Mississippi Thunder uh, in terms of, you know, what you're thinking for overall car count and fan count. This year's been pretty good on, in both regards. So uh, the money's pretty good there. I, I expect we'll probably have a uh, probably have a, a big one uh, there at Mississippi Thunder this weekend. And I tell you all that because we have a huge one coming on the horizon here with the USRA Nationals. And so while it's technically not next weekend, we've already started getting ready for it even today. Uh, that USRA National starts the following Tuesday, and we're going to roll Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, and it's our longest. Way. Yes, it's our longest event of the whole year. The entire staff's going to be there. Um, it's the only place that's given USRA points that weekend, and it's it's a it's a monster to, to go undertake that race. And, um, it, it requires a whole lot of work and effort and planning and thought. And, uh, so that's, that's what we're, we're looking at there and going to get this pumpkin race in this weekend and, and get everybody, uh, back to Lucas Oil Speedway. So then you've got, uh, I see a race at Lawton Speedway on Friday night, Saturday night, OCRS at Salina high banks on the schedule. Yeah. Yep, we got got a few, got a few more there as we uh, we wind down the seasons for all those uh, various various tours and whatnot. I'll tell you guys in full disclosure, I, I do not I do not schedule for uh, for racing dirt. That is, I am not the scheduling department. So mm-hmm. some of these I got to look and be like, oh yeah, hey, that's that's what we got going on this week. But, you got to see the big um, picture. I guess, I guess that's what <laughs> what the what the case is. But this pumpkin race is fun. It's uh, it's it's a neat deal. 
Um, you know, talking about Lawton too, always enjoying the stuff we get to, to have out a lot. And that's really close to Michael and Cordell. So uh, they take care of all the stuff at Lawton, which is, is just super. And uh, Salina had a had a really good ASCS national tour race back in August. I, I was able to go to it uh, the last Saturday night in August. So I'd say this OCRS race will, will be pretty uh, pretty sporty there this weekend. So. And I see you got a race at 81 Speedway again this weekend. We enjoyed watching the ASCS Sooner region the other night. Blake Hahn, we had him on a little bit earlier, won that race. What's that race on Racing Dirt? Yep, and that that deal's been really cool. They they just do such a good job there. Man, that's a a super important part of our our entire operation. And we we get to luckily get to be the ones to carry their race in there every week. Artane is a super progressive uh, promoter. And has a lot of great ideas, and is, is very successful in his own right, away from racing, and uh, has afforded him a lot of opportunities to to really kind of help push the ball forward for uh, for dirt track racing, which is is super awesome. That's you need those kind of people uh, making those decisions and being interested in it. And you know, he's got John Allen right there working hand in hand with him. And um, what they called us about that spectacular race that's going to be at the end of October there at 81 speedway we're going to run lakeside and 81 to end the season and i just i just think 81 speedway is the perfect place to crown the us nps champion and um it it really uh is so well supported that racetrack is is tremendous they do such a great job of facilities you know how they structure their events to the racetrack itself um you know, they got enough equipment if they need to work on the track and enough people around to handle everything that needs to be handled. And it's just, it's fun. Wichita is a great city. I, I love going to Wichita. There's always something to do. People really care about racing there. So um, we're going to have that one this weekend. And then and then we'll all be there uh, in just, just about a month uh, to wrap up the USMTS season. So yeah. Can't wait to see you at Lakeside coming up October 28th. They, they do a good job on that deal. They 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 do that deal at, at their Wichita on that last night on that championship night. They they take and decorate Victory Lane with uh, with Halloween decorations and inflatables and and whatnot. So we're um, we're in the process right now. This is some of the important stuff we do. Like we just had two days at rainouts. Everybody was away from home, so we were actually in the farm and home stores up in Minnesota there uh at, at a place and we were we were looking at inflatables so we're going to go ahead and decorate the van this year for uh the production van on the outside for uh, for halloween so we can take part in the festivities of that event so how, that's, how, that's how, the super important stuff when you get right yeah. out that you have to work on when when it gets all down to it that's the most important thing to do hey listen yeah. i i gotta talk to you about the chiefs a little bit what did you think of the game yesterday it was nice to just go boat race somebody, wasn't it? It was. Boy. That, but that but how about really how good. about Miami putting 70 up? There's no way that Andy Reid would disrespect another coach like that. There's no way that he'd put up 70 points against anybody. No way. Why? Why would you do it? Because he, he, An- An- Andy Reid is not that kind of guy. He doesn't like to rub it in their face. Unless it's a division opponent where points make a difference in playoffs, right? There's no reason to run up a score that high. I mean, man, they they backed off, and they were only three points away from only three points away from tying the most amount of points in a game. They they pulled the brakes pretty quick, but 
But I'm just like, for Denver that they just yeah. for Denver that they pulled the brakes because they should have set a record on those. Well, that's videos. what I that's what I thought Trenton was is no better team and in a situation in time than Denver. Um, I don't know, man. I have no mercy There's for no Denver. There's no pity. There's no pity. I have no mercy for Denver. Absolutely. They they're the worst. They're the worst franchise in sports. Yep. I, uh, I agree. Just, just ask me. I, uh, I uh, 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Trenton. The Royals could be the worst team in sports. Yeah, but let me tell you something. I enjoyed the Royals going into Houston this weekend and sweeping the Astros. I love uh, that. Hey, Kirk. What is their? How many games have they won this year? Not enough. For, not enough. For, Forty games, <laughs> maybe forty. More nad. More nad, but not enough. They but, won ten out of their last but, eleven, so we have... enjoy anything we got right now. They got on a six-game winning streak. Trenton, I know the Royals are crap. bad this year, but I'm going to enjoy everything we can get. Uh, listen, they stink. Throwing crap on the Broncos. Let's let's keep trashing the Broncos here. Let's, <laughs> right. This that feels better. This yes. <laughs> This could not have happened to a better team in professional sports than the Broncos to just go out and get completely humiliated. Absolutely. And I don't care if Andy Reid would or would not run the score up on somebody else. When, when you're playing professional sports, do you know, you know what those guys that are on the offense for the, for the Dolphins, when they, they look across that line of scrimmage and they look at their opposition, you know what they see? Mm. They, they 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 see fellow millionaires absolutely and right. if, and if, and if and if one group of millionaires can't stop the other group of millionaires too damn bad no, hey, I agree. hey, hey listen no sympathy. just so you Not know professional sports just so you know when i was in the eight man football league we won a game 81 to nothing now that is rubbing it in. That was rubbing it in. That's running it up. That, 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 that's running it up right there. But that game yesterday, when you have five running touchdowns and five passing touchdowns, I was just—I mean, unbelievable what they were beating. They, the people in Denver just had this look on them that it was just—was this in Denver? I don't—I don't think so. Where was, was that game? I don't know. Miami. Where, I don't know where it was. It was in Miami, wasn't it? It yeah. was in Miami. But let me tell you, that interview with some of those players after the game. That guy goes, "I've been here seven years. I'm tired of effing losing. This sucks." Oh no! <laughs> One of their own football players yeah, said it. No, didn't that's he? what he said. I'm tired yeah, of this. Yeah, I've been here for seven years, and we've lost all seven years. That's what he said. Yeah. So the Chiefs have given up. Uh, They've given up one of their home games as part of this the overseas portion for the NFL. Yeah. So yeah. they're actually their game against the Dolphins is in Germany this year. Yeah, exactly. And they, I, I will say this: uh, Chiefs better go ready to play. I mean, that, the Dolphins give them a run for their money. Absolutely. And you know, Tyreek will be motivated extra for for a game like that. No, that that Miami game. So. Watch out. That's. That's yeah. the game because it's overseas. It has no – there's no home field advantage. Um, yeah, it's going to be – that's the game everybody's circling on the calendar right now. we have right to get now. up at about 8 o'clock in the morning to watch that? Yeah, I think what? that's the 9 o'clock a.m. game, right? Is yeah, that what it is? I think <laughs> it is. I think it is. It'll be early. Hey, Trenton. That was great. That was so great yesterday. That was so, just so great. Not not only watching them get beat, but just, just seeing the Broncos just get humiliated was just oh. – my Sunday couldn't have been better. I know. Hey, uh, listen, I would have rather see the Raiders get spanked like that. They're, they're just – so here's the problem with the Broncos is they're just like 
they're just kind of like they were. They was so arrogant with Elway and all that that they won, and they were so good. And now they're just kind of like Walmart. We got the most money. Arrogant. We've got this coach. Arrogant. We just traded for this quarterback. Arrogant. Right. And they all suck. They all suck, yeah, but no, they don't think they do. You know, all I can say is it's probably a good thing we don't have a lot of race fans in Colorado listening to Hey, us right hey listen, uh, let me just tell you this. Last night, Todd Surprise said that um, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift went to a restaurant, and they rented the restaurant, and they closed it down, and they rushed everybody out of the, out of the restaurant so they could have the restaurant – you're not sure what restaurant it was, were you, Todd? I'm getting ready to pull it up right now. We're, it's it's the main story oh, on, God. it's the main yeah. story on entertainment tonight. And, here, and so. they stayed until two in the morning. Two in the morning, private party, after party for the whole football team and the. Hold Kelsey. on, hold on. The question is, did Travis Kelsey get lucky? Nah, not last night. Uh uh-uh. uh not last night. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. <laughs> they good, were good for them. But here's what's going on though. They were seen dancing. Uh, heavily hanging on each other, dancing on the dance floor. Um, and he's got the porn mustache. Oh, yeah, he's got the full-on. <laughs> well, she's got a way lot more money than Travis Kelsey to make so, things happen. It was They danced. The two were very affectionate with one another but kept things lighthearted. Travis' teammates also showed up at the party as well as his mom, dad, and the party lasted till 2 a.m. at the Prime Social Rooftop at the Trendy Restaurant in Kansas City. So it's prime. She probably had a hotel for the night. Oh, I'm sure she yeah. did. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know what to I'm, make of I'm that. Happy. I'm happy for both of them. If, if that deal's for real and, and whatever, more power to them. I hope, hope they have a great time. Yep, no doubt about it. Trenton, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports, buddy. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Next time you want me to tell you how bad the Broncos suck, I'm your man. All right. <laughs> I, I, got John Speed on. I'll do it. You hate them worse yeah. than the Raiders? Yes. I hate them worse than any other team in sports. <laughs> I love it. Even, I love it. even the Yankees. Yep. Okay, Trenton. Thanks yep. so much, buddy. I appreciate you. Even the you. Yankees. Okay. Yankees. Yep. Yep. <laughs> See you guys. All, All right. right, Trenton. See you, Trenton. Appreciate it. There's Trenton Barry from RacingDirt.com. Uh, one other thing, the NHRA uh, had their Carolina Nationals uh, yesterday down in Charlotte. Doug Coletta has emerged big time. He won a week ago at Maple Grove. He qualified number one, and he wins again at Carolina Nationals. Not sure where he's been all year, but uh, he got it done yesterday. About- Bob Tasca third won the Funny Car final round. Greg Anderson. One in Pro Stock, Pro Stock Motorcycle, Gage Herrera, been on a tear this year, rookie uh, motorcycle competitor. He's on a run to a championship, it appears to me, in Pro Stock How about Motorcycle. Tony so Stewart getting uh, those guys. Tony Stewart getting disqualified yesterday for some kind of illegal part. Do you yeah, see I'm that? I'm not sure what happened there. He, yeah, it's uh, top alcohol dragster. He won the week before out at Maple Grove. Absolutely. But not, not so much yesterday. They pulled the Charlotte. plug on him on there, so uh, Tony being Tony. <laughs> well, you know, Tony's not much of a cheater. No, no. Yeah. But like you said, it's racing. Cheating ain't trying, I guess. But I don't remember what it was he ran that was illegal, but they how, they got how, him for it. How about Ricky Thornton passing Hudson O'Neill with 18 laps to go to pick up that win? 
at Brownstown. The Jackson 100 at Brownstown Speedway. I thought Hudson O'Neill was going to get it done, but here comes Ricky Thornton Jr. Wins his 21st feature race of the season. He's been the man all season long. $30,000 he got it done again on Saturday night at Brownstown, Indiana. And Billy Moyer picks up the Comp Cam Super Dirt Series. Billy Moyer Col- Jr. Uh, Billy Moyer Jr. Yep. picked up the uh, at Columbus, Mississippi. He did. Mm-hmm. So uh, all those winners over the weekend. I watched that 100-lapper at Brownstown. Pretty I good did action too. there. Yeah, no doubt. All right, thanks everybody. Oh, for- I was going to say one more thing. Yeah. Mike Marler... I thought maybe it had a chance in that race on Saturday Got night. A flat. He won on Friday night in the C.J. Rayburn Memorial. Saturday night, he was run second. had a tire go down. Yep. Knocked yep. him out. So, that was the only bummer of the whole night at Brownstown. Yep, no doubt. I thought Marler might have had something for it. Yep. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, their final race of the year is going to be up at I-35 Speedway this weekend. So get up there and check them out. We're going to get Bob Douglas on this Saturday on Track Talk to talk about what's going on with the Lightning Sprints. So for Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. industrial farming equipment or race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. we don't just sell them we race them rod and serving the racing community for over 30 years